Stephen, hello and welcome to Exposit the Word. Hello, hello. How's it going out there over the pond? And um, thank you guys for having me on. I'm very appreciative and very humbled. Oh, thank you, Stephen. It's quite a big pond, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm closer. I'm closer. I'm now in Florida, unlike being in Tulsa. So yeah, yeah, I'm a little true. bit closer. Have you been to the UK before? Uh, no, unfortunately, I've always wanted to go, but uh, I was uh, uh, in the Air Force for about 14 years, and I, I spent the majority of my time in Germany, and I just never took advantage of taking the train over in that direction. I'm kicking myself for it, but ah. but I've always wanted to go to England. We've got a sofa with your name on it when you're ready, Stephen. <laughs> oh, uh, I might take you up on that. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, oh, this should be fun. Well, I'm uh, 42. Yeah. I'll be 43 in July. I've spent a majority of my time uh, in the military, uh, 14 years, give or take, and then uh, uh, yeah, hurt my knee up pretty bad to where I got out and uh, went to uh, basically lived in New York for most, uh, for the better part of my life, being raised up in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and and, uh, of course, enlisting in 1999, I went overseas, and then after my years of active duty, came back home and uh, lived in Queens for a little bit and went to film school, uh, did graphic design for a number of uh, number of months, and then found myself uh, moving uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. where uh, basically just starting a new life, so to speak, and uh, met my wife there in Tulsa, and... Uh, and so here I am now in uh, Fort Pierce, Florida, of all places, uh, where I never thought I would find myself yeah. these days. Oh, wow. Okay, great stuff. So there seems to be a lot of jokes involving you on Twitter that involves a duck, but I have no idea why. Can you let me into this, Stephen? I, well, well what, a duck? Yeah. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that. I guess whoever asked that question knows more than me about that. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. um, there's been one by Gabe. Um, there was a couple that, yeah, unless I'm reading it wrong, but it definitely involves a duck. I thought it might, I thought it might be an in-joke, but you don't know nothing about this, no? Duck? A duck. Oh, no, I, I guess they know more than I do, so... Right, well, I'm going to have to, I'll have to continue my investigations and get back to you then, Stephen. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Let me know when you find out. I'd like to know. Yeah. So take us back to the start. And, and So when did you become a Christian? That's a good question. That, um, I don't have one of those poignant moments of where I can remember the, the time or place. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a church for the better part of my life before enlisting, so I was under the impression that I, I was saved at some point, um, but of course I, I wasn't. I, I was raised rather in a legalistic setting, Yeah. Um, so uh, when I joined the military, I was you know, became fully aware that I wasn't saved because I was committing every sin under the sun at that time, but... I would say later in my life, probably when I was um, before leaving New York to move to uh, Tulsa, there were a lot of uh, life changes going on in my life, mm. uh, and the the reality of uh, mortality came up. Yeah. That my life is short; it's uh, brief, and I started to question a lot of things. I was living a worldly life, but um, uh, it was through that time. Uh, that, that transition period between moving to New York and Tulsa, that's, it was, it was in there. I wouldn't say it was one day. It was a period of, of weeks, months of, of, um, you know, tears being shed, mm. um, grief and whatnot. So, um, and I would say that was about probably 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, maybe 11. Um, 
at some point uh, I don't have a very uh, good memory of of the exact moments, but I I do remember moments at work and during the move, and and Tulsa meeting my wife that uh, she was going uh, the transition as well of salvation and yeah. she went and I went after so it was probably about eleven years ago or so that the Lord uh, opened my eyes. Uh, to the truth of reality, you know, yeah. that I was a sinner and that all my best efforts were for naught. And, and so, yeah. So yeah, about 11 years, 11 years well, or so okay. yeah. uh, it's been, uh, since, uh, the Lord opened my eyes. Yeah. You mentioned that things were a little bit legalistic to begin with. What did that look like, Stephen? Well, I, I attended a, uh, uh, non-denominational Baptist church, yeah. KJV only at the time. It was, founded upon the teachings of uh, late Jack Hiles, you might be familiar with that name, okay. uh, who's known for creating the, the bus ministry, so to speak. Mm. And uh, and basically the bus ministry was just going out and picking up everybody to bring them to church. And so the school that I attended, who, which also was a church, was a K-12 grade uh, education. And it was a tie, of course, being young, I didn't realize that at the time, but afterwards, and years after, looking back, but it was wearing certain things. You had to have your hair cut. You had to uh, dress a certain way. Uh, you couldn't have no facial hair. That was one of the big things I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, you're always afraid of losing your salvation. You had to do certain things such as good works or uh, whatever the case was. Um, but it was just very, you know, looking back at it now, very cultic yeah. in some sense. and Very controlling, yeah. uh, very controlling uh, place. And and um, at the time, being young, I, you know, naive to everything, naive to doctrine, naive to salvation, what salvation was. Yeah, they were, you know, it was Arminian as well. So it was always, you could lose your salvation. You can always come to Christ whenever you wanted to, to make him Lord and later, or save your first and Lord later and, yeah. and all that. And it really affected my family. It caused uh, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, uh, pushing my dad away, for example, um, uh, uh, and he's not saved, unfortunately and yeah. sadly, but it caused a riff in my family, uh, the church did. And so uh, I think that's one of the reasons uh, why I enlisted in the Air Force was to get away from that. Right, yeah. um, but it was it was just constantly not knowing the next day of where you were going to be, where you're going to be standing. Am I going to be saved the next yeah. day? Yeah. Uh, so it was it was always always present and I remember invitations that were given at the church you know you bow your head close your eyes and lift your hand if the pastor wanted you to and they would sing just as I am 200,000 times yeah. <laughs> to get everybody up to yeah. the front of the altar and I remember specifically one uh, one night where um, uh, one of my fellow students and we were probably in our teens you know, yeah. early teens and all that she was up there as one of the counselors, so to speak. And this little five-year-old girl came up there, and afterwards she professed her salvation in Christ. And that's when my the wheels in my head started ticking. It's like a five-year-old. How can a five-year-old make such a very heavy decision at such a young age, especially children, forget mm. the very thing they, they do minutes later, and much yeah. less a five-year-old. So yeah. it was in those times that the wheels started to turn, and... And, uh, of course, a lot of, um, you know, my parents getting divorced because of, not only because of the church, but other things as well. It just, mm. it pushed me away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and um, not very good. <laughs> a yeah. lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of painful memories back yeah. then. Yeah, of course. 
you said that you lacked assurance, obviously, with that type of theology. With your beliefs now, yeah. how how do you how do you get your assurance now, Stephen? Where are you now with that? Well, I like to think of um, what Sproul said before he passed on. He said, mm. "My assurance isn't based on my feelings; it's it's based on the Word of God." And yeah. Um, somebody in New York uh, before I moved yeah. um, directed me into the ways of Dr. John MacArthur, Paul Washer, and Steve Lawson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to John MacArthur first, and then I, I came across the the infamous uh, Paul Washer sermon, The Shocking Youth Message. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I heard that. Why are you laughing? Messages. <laughs> yeah, it scares you. It scares you straight. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah. wait a second. You know, and you're like, wait a second. Is it really me making yeah. these decisions? And of course, there's there's a mystery to it. But it just kind of woke me up here that the same God who created the universe, who holds all things together, how how could he lose somebody that he saves? Yeah. And of course, I remember going through uh, the Gospel of John with. Uh, Dr. Steve Lawson and Dr. MacArthur, and there's always the passages where the Lord is speaking of how the Father has everything in his hand and he doesn't let go of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and those were passages that were never really, you know, touched on in my young adult life. Uh, uh, you know, the doctrines of grace and whatnot that were non-existent yeah. uh, at the time. And then I started to hear these doctrines for the first time, and it just started to, you know, for myself and for my wife. It's just started to make sense. The wheels started to turn, and as they say, the light kind of went on. Go, wait a second. Yeah. And and then you just start studying more and, and hearing and like I said, hearing these uh, these men preach. Uh, I had never heard that kind of preaching before, yeah. unlike the, the previous preaching that I heard to the school I went to. But um, you know, it just th- that comfort started to come. And and you know, I still till this day, I I, I battle doubts. I battle those things that come to my mind and yeah. especially with uh, the legalistic um, growing up and and whatnot but there is there is that assurance and that comfort now that peace that I didn't have before yeah so it's it, it makes it makes a difference yeah uh, in the life it does yeah you go on social media by the name bored Calvinist in case there's any of our listeners that doesn't understand what a Calvinist is can you explain that please Stephen uh, well, first, let me let me do away with the misnomers. Uh, a Calvinist yeah. is not somebody who follows John Calvin cultically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think even John John Calvin would dismiss the very notion of people calling themselves Calvinists. But yeah. as um, Pastor Burke Parsons has said in a, an article, he says, I, "I never call myself a Calvinist. I, it's nothing more. I'm a Christian. That's it." And I think that's the definition of Calvinism is. A biblical Christian who adheres to the doctrines of grace, who has a very high view of the sovereignty of God in all mm. things, who doesn't look at himself as part of the equation when it comes to salvation, but he sees himself as the dredge, the scum, who God graciously took his hand, went down, and picked up my dead carcass and my dead heart and gave it life. But but Calvinism defined is nothing more than biblical Christianity. And uh, but yeah, and uh, you know Calvin for unearthing and something that he never discovered, but rather he brought to the forefront. I was lost, of course, in his time, and he brought it uh, to the forefront. And I think uh, it's now 
needed to be brought to the forefront biblical Christianity. But to me, Calvinism is nothing more than biblical Christianity. Yeah. My understanding is that you're going to college at the moment, right? Pursue a, a call to ministry? Uh, that, that is the, the hope and prayer. I was graciously blessed with a, um, a scholarship, the Reformation Bible College. That's up in Orlando, about uh, two hours away. But yeah. a lot of things, it, it, I wanted to go this fall, but of course things have changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to pursue um, ministry uh, to preach and teach, but also to really focus on teaching church history. Mm. Uh, which I've, I've fallen in love with over the course of the last couple of years, but but that's the goal. It's on hold right now. But I've been great. I've been graciously, like I said, blessed with a um, a scholarship to attend a Reformation Bible College. And I do pray that at the Lord's appointed time that I, I do get to attend and go there. Another one of your passions is writing, and you've blessed Exposit the Word before. I know you've given us an article, and you've got your own um, blog going as well, Stephen. Tell us a little bit about that and how you got into writing. Um, yeah, so uh, it goes back to my youth, really. I've always had a love for um, writing in my youth, uh, particularly Shakespeare, all those guys. And uh, filmmaking, actually, was the first step. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to become a screenwriter in okay, my youth, yeah. and I yeah. wanted to follow in the footsteps of the great uh, Sir Ridley Scott, who yeah. is one of my uh, favorite filmmakers. And I went to film school, and uh, I wanted to focus on screenwriting, but I ended up going into editing. But um, it started at a young age. It was a way for me to um, channel my thoughts, to put them on paper, um, and being creative. Uh, I, I'm think, I thank the Lord for, for having a creative, uh, these creative gifts. Yeah. And uh, I've always uh, enjoyed writing. And like I said, it was just a way to take my thoughts, to put them on paper, and just to get more depth to those thoughts. And it was just a, a channel to release stress, anxiety. And to be creative and just to write and that was one of my one of my young dreams and i, I want to do it again and and uh, that's why hence the break off social media here soon to yeah. to really focus and sharpen sharpen the tool so to speak and and uh so i was like well let me start a blog and just you know i i have no idea what i'm gonna write <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. it's one of those spontaneous things if i <laughs> you know whatever the subject is on so yeah. but uh we'll see i'm, I'm hoping to uh um, to continue that and to grow in that to learn more as well uh when it comes to that so yeah we'll see how that goes yeah great that's good and there's a rumor that the podcast might be making a comeback is that true yes yes i have a friend that i work with by the name of sam langwell who is yeah. one of my co-workers uh, where i work and yeah. he's got the nickname spurge uh, he's he's got a beard he's a bit I, I don't want to say he's not fat but he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's chubby so they they call him the spurge yeah and Spurge is one of his favorite theologians, and we, uh, <laughs> and of course, if he hears this, he'll probably kill me. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, we just started talking just about um, getting together and just having like the- theology small talk, you know. And and I think it's hard to do a podcast by yourself because you're you're by yourself, you have no one really to talk to. And I was thinking, wait a second, why not get somebody of the same mind and interest yeah. that uh, we can have shared conversations on and and kind of share that on a podcast so uh, Sam agreed to it so we're kind of working on the specifics of the name the logo and just what we're going to talk about so it, it's a it's in it's in the works so yeah, that's I don't so know good. when it's going to come out yeah. especially right now with all that's going on I yeah. think this is where technology is a blessing to where you don't have to be you know 
with each other. You can do it from a distance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're looking forward to it. It'll probably be in the fall at some point um, that we're going to come out with it. We're just kind of working on the details of what we're going to talk about and and just kind of go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're excited about that. Yeah. Oh, we are as well. I'm excited about that as well, Stephen. That's awesome. You mentioned um, technology. Um, has your church embraced Zoom? Yes, yes. We we attend a very small uh, Presbyterian called Covenant Reform Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Um, this lockdown has um, caused uh, our pastor who got with me and said, "What can we do technological wise to uh, to have services?" Yeah. And uh, so Zoom was Zoom was the choice, and we and it's it's. It, it, we did it this morning for the last two weeks, and it's been going well. It's it's different, as you can yeah. imagine. It's yeah. unlike being there in person, so it's a bit of a bit of a change. But uh, we're adapting. Our pastor is uh, and his elders and deacons, as well as the presbytery, are adapting as well. Of course, we're a small church. We don't have the big cameras or anything like that, so we're dependent uh, using a, a laptop, so to speak, and all that. But we we've made it work. Yeah. Uh, so it's always. It's a joy to, to do it and to not miss fellowship, but it is awkward because you're, you know, I'm sitting in my bed or something yeah. and yeah. going to church. So it, it's, yeah. it's a bit awkward, but I think for the times that we're in now, our, our pastor, Pastor Brewer, is, is doing a remarkable job of, of leading worship uh, from distance. You know, he's at the church when he records it. So yeah. um, it, is, it is unique, but it, it, once again, you know, we've, uh, by God's grace in this time, to use technology that he's given us to to stay connected so overall we, we've been doing pretty well so far yeah that's good i know you've been involved with designing book covers before um, and many of our readers might even have one on their bookshelf tell us tell us about that creativity and the sort of books that you've been involved with yeah sure well um i, I really have to go back and i did graphic design through full sail university here in winter park florida mm. and i was just having um a tough time trying to find the subject there because graphic design is such a broad subject it, it encompasses so many different things and from website design to uh, designing t-shirts to designing boxes for products and I just was looking for my niche looking for what I wanted to do what I love to do and yeah I got an opportunity uh, because of Justin Peters I, I had done some picture or something, sent it to him, and it caught his eye. And he yeah. actually used to attend our old church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, okay, yeah. uh, before he and before him and his wife Catherine moved. So, yeah. uh, but I I heard him first at a Paul Washer conference. I think it was way back when, uh, many years ago. And um, I just sent him a. I can't remember exactly when I sent him, but it was a picture, and it caught his attention. The next thing I know, he was he he asked me to do a couple of things, such as his uh, event posters. Yeah. And then it just started to it just started to grow from there. And um, next thing I know, I started, you know, being a, a lover of books. I started looking at book covers. And <laughs> yeah. Going, wow, this is something that I can enjoy. And then I think the next uh, the next. Uh, person to uh it was mike abendroth that's who it was mike yeah. abendroth so i did i did a cover for uh, uh white lies i believe that the title was uh, white evangelical lies and next thing i know the lord just kind of opened a door and a lot of authors that i started to work for were self-publishing on, on uh, uh, amazon yeah going through their, their process and i worked at the 
opportunity to work for Nate Pickowitz, yeah, uh, uh, for Pastor Colson out of Arkansas, and it just kind of it just kind of opened up, and everything just fell into place. Uh, it's something I don't get to do every day, but I, I do love and doing it when I have the opportunity, and uh, it's a great way to to take the idea of the author and to put a a cover to it. So yeah. if you're looking at the cover, you know that what you're going to read about, it kind of gives you a glimpse yeah. into what the author is going to write. So it's always uh, it's always been a blessing to create for covers. I think that's my love when it comes to design. That's what I want to stick to, and I, I've had the opportunity to do it. And I I have a couple of more uh, a couple of more projects in the line right now. It's on hold. Yeah. Um, uh, right now, but uh, there are a couple of more covers that I'm I'm currently slated to work for. So yeah. it's it's been a blessing. The Lord has uh, really uh, been able to open the door and to send some good men my way, good pastors, yeah. theologians who yeah. love the Lord and who want um, sound doctrine and the, the fingertips of their of people. And the Lord just you know directed me to them, and uh, I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it's it's been a blessing. I, I've greatly enjoyed it, yes. and I look forward to the next couple of covers that I, I get to do. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. That's so cool. So if anybody's listening right now and they're actually working on a book and they'd like you to do their cover, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Stephen? Um, they can contact me on Twitter, DM me. I don't have a specific uh, email. Um, and they can contact me through my Twitter handle, Ball Calvinist, yeah. or uh, DM me that way, or send me a, a message on that. Be the easiest way to do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good <laughs> That's idea. I've all my jobs is Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good. Are they are they taking a commission? Oh, no, thankfully not. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, what we'll do, Stephen, is we'll put the um, link to your Twitter um, handle in the description below as well. So if anybody does want to get in, in, in touch with you, then that's how yeah. they can do it. That's great. So I know that you're a big fan of books. I'm interested. What are some of the most useful resources, um, books, podcasts that's helped you grow in your faith over the years? That's a good question. There are so many books. I guess I'd have to narrow it down. But yeah. I would say books that have really defined or really shaped my theology would have to be the you know a lot of dead guys yeah yeah uh pilgrim's progress is a book that i'm starting to go book through uh, back through right now and read simply because it's you know i think we all can identify with christian who's on his journey to the celestial city and we're all at some point in stage in that life some of us may be trapped in vanity or we're stuck in this love despond at some point but i've often noticed that book has helped encourage me yeah uh, in my life especially uh, coming to christ at a later age and wanting to do things at a later age has encouraged me not to stop not yeah. to uh, focus on the earth but rather focus on what lies ahead mm. um some other books goodness there's so many to, to choose from um <laughs> i would have to say uh the, the history series by Dr. Steve Lawson. Yeah. Is that the P- Pillars uh, of Grace? Pillars, line, Pillars of, yeah, Pillars yeah, of Grace? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That one and the long line of godly men um, yeah. have encouraged me, especially for my love of church history. So anything, I mean, most of my books are church history related. Yeah. And then um, as for like theology, I, I would say Bavnik, I just picked up. Ah, okay, yeah. I've heard loads of people saying great things about that one, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I was able to get it on Kindle, so I'm looking forward to diving into that. But there are so many, there are so many books out there that, um, but if I had to narrow it down, it'd be Pilgrim's Progress, 
and also the long line of godly men simply to read about these men and women who lived centuries before us. We often think that we're the only Christians in our time to go through certain circumstances. Like now, for example, you yeah. know, going through this virus, but it's happened before in England yeah. of all places too, you know, yeah. with the bubonic plagues and yeah. the plagues that swept through Europe. And to read like how how did those Christians like Martin Luther and Calvin and all yeah. these, these uh, pillars of the faith – deal with such uh, a blanket of, of darkness and so yeah. I always find myself wanting to go read them and I, I would say Calvin is probably my favorite yeah that's so <laughs> uh, good simply, yeah. he, he just feels more soft-spoken compared to <laughs> Luther who's the bull in the, ter- the yeah. china shop kind of guy you know yeah. and yeah um, I, I've always found myself um, theology wise going back to the institutes simply because I like the way Calvin thinks i like the way he writes and he yeah. just makes it very simple he doesn't make it overly complicated he yeah. he speaks in a layman's term to where you can understand yeah. everything and that's one of the things i do love about him yeah so good Stephen. if there was somebody listening right now to this interview and they wanted to know how they can follow jesus what would you say to them i would say to go to the gospel to go to the gospel of john you know john is one of my favorite books and john really focuses on the divinity of christ i know a lot of people especially right now mm. uh the uncertain times we live in and pointing to the gospel and i would point them i would point them to scripture point them to the gospel of john and talk to them about what the gospel is especially now uh, in a world uh, that has no hope the world yeah. is always constantly looking for something however whatever they find doesn't last it's short in terms of things and of course our lives are are short. Uh, if this virus is, t- if I picked up anything from this virus, learning wise, is that um, death is certain to all of us. Mm. We're all going to die, whether by this virus or by old age, or by getting hit by a car. We don't know, but we know that death uh, will visit us unless the Lord Shatarian come back. But I always point people to the Gospel of John and, and go to the Gospel from there of, of preaching who Christ is. Uh, especially that no matter the efforts you put into your life, your works are not going to save you. Your, your morality isn't going to save you. Your, your, your efforts are uh, nothing. Nothing can help you. And yeah. um, that it is all Christ, that he can give you the peace that you're seeking. He can give you that comfort, that a peace of mind, especially right now, that time we're living in. Uh, but point in, I you know point to the Gospel of John, you know, yeah, as, yeah. As, and to sit down with them, of course, not to just push them by themselves, but yeah, but and prayer and uh, bring themselves to repent and trust in Christ. Yeah. Who alone is the way to heaven? Who is alone the way to peace? And, yeah, and the truth. Stephen, I'm so glad to have had this opportunity to speak to you, and also for you to survive the interview. It sounds like you're outside, and it sounds like there's been a really big. I am. It sounds like there's a really big bird. <laughs> above you what is that type of bird and what birds do you get where you where you live Stephen? <laughs> i am in i'm actually in my uh in the backyard in a lanai enclosed yeah. uh porch here so i have uh, a lot of wildlife next to me especially the, the one couple of birds who just yak their heads off all the time it sounds like it yeah <laughs> and you're very brave yeah. because don't you get alligators where you live we we do we do <laughs> we um actually um two weeks ago we drove I think we drove to a town called Okeechobee, and there's yeah. when you're driving on the road, there's a side of kind of like creeks yeah. on the side of the road, and there's alligators in those creeks. They're not very big, 
No way. Like that, we did spot a couple of big ones at Lake Okeechobee, the big alligators, but they're not like they're not like prevalent here, like they would be probably north of here or even yeah. south where the Everglades are. But they're here, so we wow. they they keep their distance. I keep my distance. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're a very brave man. Best we have to worry about here are, are bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> here in Florida, we have yeah, we have like snakes and you yeah, know, but not as bad as Australia. So no, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, Stephen, well, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on. It's a, a privilege and a blessing. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Stephen.